Can Salah or Bruno cover Gareth Bale? Welcome back, FPL Surgery listeners. Our headlines this week are Liverpool misfiring while Spurs can't stop scoring. Who's on our FPL radar right now? And we do a deep dive into the Game Week 28 captaincy as well. This is episode 206 and we're recording on the evening of Tuesday the 9th of March 2021. It's another podcast that we're recording midweek. However, I mean, the game week's basically done. We've just got Man City against Southampton tomorrow night, so on Wednesday night, um, which is the part of that double game week. And as always, I'm here with Josh. Hi there, Josh. Evening, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I'm just sweating on on Pep's team sheet, but obviously a lot of people should know what's happened um, by the time they listen to this. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm not, I'm not really quite sure where to uh, to go with that one. I mean, obviously that they've that they've lost against United, you can imagine a reaction. But then is he is he going to? Bearing in mind they think they're still 11 points ahead. Um, you know, and which is the easier game out of this and Fulham? Not sure, really. Although they have lost to, um, I think they lost to Southampton last season, didn't they? So that yes. might be on, that might be on his mind. Um, and then obviously they got the Champions League next week. So who knows? Who knows? But it means our game weeks are just in the balance because I think it's been a pretty meh game week so far. An- another one after yeah. uh, game week twenty six was meh. This is meh. So, uh, but so far, I mean, <laughs> this game that we're you know that's tomorrow night could change everything Let's um, so for the good for the good although maybe it won't change it for the good for everyone because i'm sure we've all got different different captains um yeah but if, if we jump straight into it so this week's guest he's a professional poker player and has finished top 20k in both of the last two seasons he's known on twitter as the fpl very differential i believe it was previously fpl differential um so welcome to the podcast jonathan gill hi there john hello mate how you doing yeah, no, I'm doing. I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm glad to glad to have you on. Actually, yeah, finally get to hear your voice after I feel like I've been talking to you for about what is it over a year now. So yeah, yeah, very it strange. Has been, yeah, it has. Yeah, it has been over a year now, but it's it's, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, how how's your season going? Uh, season's going okay. I've I was having a very poor time up until sort of the halfway mark, um, and since then it's picked up somewhat. I think my rank, as of it standing right now before this City game, is about 350k or so. So it hasn't been too bad. And the big bonus is that I've still got my free hit and my wildcard chip left to play. So I'm hoping they sort of net me some points on the running towards the end of the season. So the best two chips you basically got. So yeah. <laughs> you should be you should be on for a strong finish. I guess I have to ask. I mean, obviously you're on Twitter. You're known as the FPL Very Differential. I mean, how how did that come about? Well, I wanted to get more involved with the FPL community because I have my own personal Twitter, and I thought I want to chat more FPL. But predominantly, pretty much all my followers there are all poker people, so I didn't want to bombard them with my musings of football. <laughs> so <laughs> decided to set up an account. And at the time, I thought, what can I do with this account? So I decided to set up a second team where I decided to go with a entirely differential team where I couldn't buy anyone who was owned by more than 10%. Um, but And then I'd have to sell them once the player reached 20% ownership. So and that's sort of how it came about. And I remember your captains did very well. Yes, I actually yeah. think I learned quite a lot from that season in that 
my team on the whole didn't do very well. But the amount of captaincy points I got that season was more than I had with my main team. And bearing in mind, this is a team that can't own like Salah, KDB, all of the big hitters. It couldn't own any of them. So it meant I had to be really careful with who I picked as captain. So that meant I had to go down a more differential route with that. And it sort of taught me that the sort of the player with the highest value isn't necessarily always going to be the best captaincy pick. So I think it's allowed me this season to be a bit more brave with some of my captaincy picks. And for the most part, I think it's paid off, to be honest. I'm doing pretty well with my captain, so yeah. Yeah, I remember you doing, I mean, you might have a better one, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you captained Antonio in the double when he got, what was it, 18 points? That was the big one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it last day of the season or very near the end of the season, yeah. Oh, I meant um, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, with my main team, yeah. With my differential team, I had the last, I think it was last game of the season against Norwich, where he hat trick. Oh, yes. And... Yeah, a few weeks ago with my main team, got suckered back into the Antonio captaincy. And yeah, he did very well whilst I think all the other key um, captaincy options did pretty poorly. So that certainly helped me out that game week. Nice. Nice. And I think this is going to be the game week for differential captain. So I'm looking forward to getting into that in in our third headline. And we'll go straight into our game week. So like I, like I mentioned before, this is we've had our, our game week, but without this Man City against Southampton uh, fixture. So if we start with you, Josh, how's your how's your game week game week been, and you know what happened going into it? Yeah, so going into it, um, I was kind of tempted to roll, um, but didn't really like the look of my team. So I ended up uh, using a transfer, uh, took out DCL. Um, for Antonio, really fancied him ahead of the Leeds game. Um, I know a lot of people did. I just thought it was a match made in heaven, really. And um, I, I obviously, you know, as time was kicking on, it was less and less likely that Everton were going to get the double in 28. So I went for it. Um, obviously, haven't gained anything from it so far, but I've got another one in for 29 now. So moving the team forward in the right place for gang, uh, for um, blank game week 29. Uh, captained Gundogan, so I'm on 52 at the moment, which is pretty much a grey arrow more or less for me, I think. Yeah, I mean that that's the highest the highest one out of out of the three of us. Um, and I mean, obviously, you captained Gundogan. I'm guessing. You weren't considering anyone else there. No, it was pretty simple. Uh, just, just really, you know, wanted to captain a double game week player, and I'd always favour the attacker over the defender. So it was a pretty obvious one for me this week because I own him, Diaz, and Cancelo. I still find it quite funny us referring to Gundogan as an as an attacker. Um, but I know I just, I, just when you were when um, when Jonathan was actually saying about you know uh, captaining. The, the most expensive player doesn't mean always it mean that you're always capturing the best player and I mean he's, Gundogan this season's a prime example of that you know he's um he's had some great hauls in him and he's been fantastic and he's you know he's cost half the amount of uh, some of the premium assets a big reason I wanted to get John on was he was talking about Gundogan quite a few weeks before you know anyone else was I mean so, so if we move on to you John obviously you, you didn't go for Gundogan captain this time but um how's your game week been uh, no, not this time. I'm on 45 and I took a sort of four point hit along with that. So pretty poor. I actually went into last night feeling pretty 
confident as well. I was like, great, I've got three game, three players for this Leeds versus West Ham game. Going to be very open, but they were duds. It was Bamford, Rafinha, Dallas. I was on the wrong side of that one. But uh, my moves going into the game week was... I was sort of on the fence about a number of moves. I was thinking about whether I take Salah out to bring in Bale and then upgrade DCL to Kane. I was in the same situation in regards to Everton. I think at the time of my transfers, Ben Krellin said, oh, there's probably like a 10% chance this Everton double gets moved into uh, the 28 fixture. And I thought that's good enough for me to take a gamble on and to remove DCL based on that, especially since I didn't want to play him against Chelsea, Mm. who were... probably the best defensive team in the Prem right now, even more so than City, I think. Um, So I ended up, so yeah, that was one decision I was going to go with. And then in the end, I thought actually Bruno versus City and West Ham didn't like the look of. However, I couldn't afford um, Bruno to bail whilst going DCL to Kane. Um, So instead, I decided to take Bruno out for Trossard, bench him. Um, and that being very much a move for this upcoming game against Southampton. And then obviously they play in the blank against Newcastle and then detail out for Kane. So did remove Bruno, which is a bit painful rather than Salah. But um, yeah, got Kane in at least. So that's something and obviously missed out on the bail points, but not too worried about that. one. No. And I guess just having Kane, um, it, it must be it must have been a nice feeling. Um, Big the, relief. The other night. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it must have been. Um, so my game week, I ended up, I mean, I was a bit like you guys. I, I was considering Calvert-Lewin out, but I read that 10% and I just thought, I don't know, I wildcarded a couple of weeks ago, didn't I? And I had this whole plan of how I was going to navigate the blanks and doubles. And I just wanted to stick stick with Calvert-Lewin um, just in case. Um, so I actually rolled a transfer. I'm on 51 points and I've got De Bruyne captain. So I'm now sweating it. Um, you know whether De Bruyne is going to actually play or not because um, obviously I think like a lot of us I thought Man City would do a lot better than they did against United and I mean De Bruyne did create eight chances and have what was it four shots two of which were in the box um, Saka honestly the start of that game week Saka was so frustrating I don't know how he didn't get 10 points um, same same with Concer really uh, he was a bit frustrating but like we mentioned we're all on quite similar points here and our season well, we've all got different City players as captain so it could all be very different if we were recording um, tomorrow night. So if you want to join the FPL Surgery Patreon, please Google FPL Surgery Patreon, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. We want to thank all of our patrons, um, obviously, especially during during this pandemic that we're in, and Andy Portlock, Ron Frosk and Ross from FPL Merch. They're all pledging at the highest tier, so they get an extra special mention each week. So thank you to everyone. And let's move on to the headlines. So our first headline is Liverpool misfiring while Spurs can't stop scoring. So, I mean, this might have seemed like an unusual headline a few weeks ago, uh, but it's true. And we've got a question on Slack from Alan. So is Salah to bail in game week 28 one game week too early? So should we start with you with that one, Jonathan? Um, what, what do you think about a move like that, like Salah to Bale? I mean, yeah, obviously it was it was my considered move yeah. <laughs> last week and that would have been perfect. There are uh, some question marks over this one, though, I think, um, mostly in terms of Bale. And I think this upcoming um, Europa League midweek match that they have coming up, 
And I think the like first question is, is Bale going to get a rest in that game? Bearing in mind, Sonny's playing um, 60 minutes plus in every Spurs game and he's been sort of out of match fitness. Does that mean he's up to full match fitness and he can play two, three games in a week? I'm not sure. Um, and then the other question is, if he does get a rest in that Europa League game, that sounds like that's great news. But what happens if they struggle in that first leg? And then we know they've got the return straight after that fixture, right before they play in the blank. Um, that could well suggest that Bale would play in that second leg fixture, which would mean that he may end up with a rest in the blank game week, if obviously you're not planning to free hit. And obviously that's very problematic because in the blank game week, you're not going to have anyone on the bench and you've effectively lost a player there. Um, there's obviously always a chance he comes off the bench and does something in that regard, but I would very much be keeping an eye on that Europa League tight and hope a Bale doesn't start or his limits are, or his minutes are very much limited, and b they sort of stroll to a win rather than needing to do something in that second leg. It's a, it's a really good point, but then I guess the the counter argument is those that have been brave enough to gamble on Bale have been hugely hugely rewarded. I, I mean. That's probably understating it. Um, I mean, what, what do you reckon about Bale, Josh? I think great point by Jonathan. Um, yeah, I no, it is. <laughs> I, I would also, I would also say the same with some. Um, you know, both. I mean, there's there's a lot of attackers there playing for those three spots behind Kane at the moment, and um, I think and was on the bench uh, at the weekend which is a rarity at the moment. Um, and you've got, obviously, um, Deli Alley, who's gradually working his way back into the team. Lamella's there. Um, Le Celso's, not, I think he's been injured recently, but he, he'll be back shortly. So there's options. Um, and I think Kane is as nailed as nailed as, uh, as nailed can be. But I think when it comes to Bale and Son, um, I wouldn't be completely surprised if one of them got or, or both of them got a rest, you know, in, in one of these games. Um, it would be very interesting to see how uh, sort of strongly he 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 lines up against Dynamo Zagreb because, yes, it's, it's, the, it's the last 16 in the Europa League and surely he wants to win that and that's going to be their prime focus over the Premier League. But, you know how much competition to them a Dynamo Zagreb in that in that game when they've got games against you know the North London derby and Villa either side of it where you the two games that you'd imagine him putting his full strength team out so it's it's a tough one i think i think this week is actually a very good week to sell Salah. Uh, the reason why I think that is obviously, aside from Liverpool's form and Salah's form, I think the simple fact that he that Mane um, got a rest um, uh, and Firmino, um, and then obviously Salah started, it could quite easily go the other way against Wolves. We've seen Klopp do that a lot of the times. Like he's a little bit more predictable when it comes to his lineups and his. Um, rotation of that front three, and I wouldn't be surprised if if Salah does get benched for the game against Wolves. Um, but on the flip side, moving moving him to uh, Spurs assets ahead of the 
the North London derby when Arsenal are looking pretty decent at the moment is not it's not ideal really. I mean if there was an alternative that played in 29 who um, was equally as attractive that would be great but I don't, I'm not sure there is so it's it's quite a, quite a difficult choice I feel this week. I was going to say because I mean both make great points um, especially that first point you made Jonathan um, about obviously there could be some rotation risk with Bale when it comes to the blank but obviously we know that Salah's definitely not going to play in the blank um so i mean would you look at salah to anyone else um also you're a wolves fan aren't you so maybe you fancy salah against wolves um. <laughs> uh yeah i it's so hard to say with wolves right now though like they can look defensively solid one game mm. the next suddenly nuno wants to flick back to a back four with some makeshift players and including Semedo having to play in a defensive role which i certainly don't rate um, so who knows when it comes to the Liverpool versus Wolves game because obviously Liverpool haven't looked ideal either I do think with Liverpool there is an opportunity though potentially with Salah in that I think teams will start fancying themselves against Liverpool which should leave themselves a little more open and they, they've still got that quality in attack um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in agreement with Josh that there's definitely a good chance that Salah gets rotated there. Um, and I guess for as who he can be moved to, um, I guess the, the key teams to target, which we will move on to, is sort of like the whether you're targeting the get the uh, blank game week or not. Obviously, there's the Spurs players, but I think Bale is the main one. Um, outside of that, if we get news that Grealish is fit and you don't have triple Villa already then he could well be a pretty good option if you think he comes straight in as well. And it's the only one though, really, isn't it? Grealish is the only one that sort of stand out. Yeah. That's I think got so, a yeah. decent fixture in 28 and a decent f- and, um, and plays in 29. I think a lot of other people that, that, you know, players that you look at, they've most, you know, most of them have got poor fixtures in 28. The likes of Rafinha is against Chelsea uh, in 28, or or say uh, Jesse Lingard can't play against United, um, you know, Aubameyang or um, or 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 anyone else like you know Arsenal, Saka, they've got Spurs, and obviously you've got the the issue of of the Europa League, you know, any rotation and whatnot. So yeah, it's it's not easy. It may just be simple just to keep hold of Salah and um, and yeah then sell him in 29 and, and and then you've got he's obviously got no fixture in 29 and then 30 he's away to Arsenal which isn't a great fixture is this where John where you big up Trossard is <laughs> talking <laughs> of fixtures in both in both game weeks <laughs> yeah I was gonna say if there was someone I would sort of a team I would target I guess it would be uh, Brighton in that they do play Southampton and bearing in mind Southampton are playing midweek and so they have a much shorter turnaround. Brighton should be better rested. And obviously Southampton looked poor on the whole. As for who you pick out of that Brighton midfield, I did go for Trossard last week, but I'm already kicking myself that it wasn't necessarily Lalana who seems to uh, potentially be giving a run in. Although obviously his minutes are likely to have to be managed also. But then like even Pascal Gross, like he's a pretty solid option, but it feels very weird to do like, Salah to one of these Brighton midfielders um, when yeah. you don't necessarily need the cash for anything. Like it doesn't really free up any options. So I think obviously in your in your case you were getting Kane and it was obviously a great week to do it. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was um, going to say, if someone maybe if someone doesn't have Kane at the moment, yeah, then maybe they could option. do it a week later. It's about the but... only reason, but I, I think Trossard's great. He's he must be. A, I mean, I've, I can't recall ever owning him, if I'm honest with you. But he's uh, it must be a really fun player to own just because of his shot volume. Even though a lot of them are from outside the box, he does um, he does shoot a lot, doesn't he? I mean, I can see John's got Trossard and and Watkins. So if he was in a league where you get points for hitting the woodwork, um, you, you would have two great captain options there. That's what I'm all about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's, let's move on now. So we move on to our second headline. Um, so it's quite a big one, this one. So who's on our FPL radar right now? So obviously we're in quite an unusual situation right now where we're all trying to you know, manage a blank, blank game week. It doesn't look like at the moment that Everton Villa is going to have a double this week. Um, but obviously there's still that, what, 10%, 5% chance that still happens at the time of recording. Um, so we go to a question first of all for you, John. So from Rich. Um, so as someone who has a good track re- record of identifying differentials before they explode, Gundogan, the obvious example this year. Is there anyone you are seeing that is worth a punt over the next few weeks until end of season? Um, so it's quite a broad question from Rich. Yeah. Um, but does anyone anyone stand out to you? Um, for the immediate future and when we're looking at just the next few weeks, I think Brighton are the team to be looking at. Obviously, we know it's well documented. They're pretty much the unluckiest team in the Prem. Yeah. Um, although I'm sure Sheffield United fans may want to argue against that one. You, but, you love um, XG, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, around the blank game week, I think the um, the imminent fixture of Southampton's great. And then obviously Newcastle without anyone, any of the, their attackers sort of available, essentially. Um, that's that's a great fixture. And I think... I think there's, there's so many players that are decent options for this immediate future. And I'd say especially have if you have a wild card, if, if you don't have the wild card spare, it's kind of difficult because their fixtures turn very sour straight after um, after that game against Newcastle. But if you have a wild card, um, then I think loading up is pretty good. I think in defence, Veltman's a great option. He gets forward quite well. Um, we have learned that, unfortunately, Lamptey's going to be out for the rest of the season from what it sounds like. Um, so Veltman will be holding that position. There's also Burn on the other side and obviously Lewis Dunk getting up for corners um, and set pieces. And then in the midfield, Lalana, Trossard, Gross, there's good numbers around all of these players, whoever you fancy take the pick, um, essentially. Um, and I've always been a bit of a closet Mopé fan, but I think, I think like it's very difficult to find a way in for a, an extra forward at the moment. I think most either have like as like DCL, Kane, Watkins, Bamford. I think the majority probably have like three out of those five, um, mm-hmm. and potentially with another player who they don't necessarily want to sell. So it's a bit more difficult to bring in a forward at the moment. But yeah, plenty of midfielders to uh, pick from, so they're the main ones um, nice. for the next couple of weeks. Nice. And what, and what about yourself, Josh? I mean, on Brighton, first of all, I think obviously, you know, they are, I think I, I had a look in the, across the season so far, they were uh, up to game week uh, 26. They were um, they were third um, in terms of XGC, so expected goals conceded. I think that's quite a well-documented one. 
um, and they were fifth in terms of XG. So in terms of where they are, they, you know, from a stats perspective, they should be pushing for Europa League or even Champions League spots. Um, but obviously the reality is they're, they're completely not and they're right down the bottom of the league. Um, I don't, I mean, as, 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 a, as a team, if I'm brutally honest, they don't really have anyone that particularly excites me. Um, I think that obviously the great thing is they're playing game week 29 and at home to Newcastle, a clean sheet looks likely. But none of their attacking players really sort of grab my interest at all. Um, obviously, we don't even know who's on pens right now. Um, and I just don't think there's anyone that's really standing out. Um, but in terms of other picks, yeah, I think like uh, Jonathan said earlier, we've got to look at game week 29. Um, and I think you've got four fixtures there. Um, and I think the teams, the two teams to target personally are Leeds and Spurs, I feel. Um, Leeds is, I know Fulham are looking great, but Leeds is, Leeds is um, a fixture away to Fulham and Spurs away to Villa are the, are the two. I think Brighton, Newcastle and West Ham, Arsenal are a bit of a wash in terms of, you know, you could see a 1-0, 2-1, whereas I think Leeds could give Fulham a really good game and similarly with Spurs against Villa. So those those would be the, the sort of areas that I'd look for 29. Um, if you're looking... At, at at other other stuff that's non twenty nine, I think the Chelsea defence is obviously standing out massively at the moment. Um, I think the only one I told you, mate, I told you. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a bit late, yeah. Um, just uh, I think the only, yeah the the only one that's really nailed though at the moment it was, it was obviously Mendy the keeper and uh, and Az Um Anyone else at the moment is 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 kind of getting a bit sort of sporadic with their minutes, really. You know, Reese James looks like he's gradually working himself into the team. Rudy obviously only got his first benching recently, but it's a bit of a bit of a dicey one to to pick what anyone but Aspilicueta really. Reese James, uh, we were talking before the pod, weren't we? He's like a bonus magnet. Like he's, it's ridiculous. And I'm gobsmacked as well that he's not got sort of any attacking returns yet. He's he's an amazing player. I mean, I'll. I'll talk about how much I think Reese. I think he's our best player, hands you men- down. You mention it on every pod, Josh. I do, and but I don't own him. But I think oh, I owned him, but it, it wasn't good. Same, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did own him, and I did own him earlier in the season when I had him and Chilwell as a double up, and obviously yeah. you had the triple up. But I could see myself going back to James on wild card potentially. I just want to give it a few more weeks just to see how nailed he really is. I gave it about twenty weeks. How long did you give it, John? Similar to you, I think I was on it. I was definitely key, key man of the Reese James fan club. I was all, all over him until yeah. the ones and zeros started floating in. But Josh did it from afar, telling everyone that had him that he was it's great. Never, well, the thing is, it's never Reese James's fault because when you put him on a pitch, he's incredible, and he'll never, he'll never have a bad performance. And uh, you know, I've never seen him have a bad performance this season. He's he's great going forward. He's great defensively. I think um, you know he he has had a few niggling injuries, and I think now with Tuchel, he's I mean he's the most for me the most unpredictable manager in the league at the moment with his lineups. So who knows? Apart from literally, apart from Mendy and Azpilicueta, I could not tell you. I mean, last last night, um, 
a guy on Twitter, FPL, Big Bear, said, I've got Shaw sat first sub. What do you think of the chances of Rudiger and Mount not starting? And I was like, I can't see it because Mount's like probably our most nailed attacker at the moment and Rudiger's played every game under it. It's, it's funny you mentioned that, Josh. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking like a couple of days ago what we might talk about on the pod and I was thinking Rudiger and Mount would be quite, quite a good discussion. And then yeah. like you say, they were both, both of them were were rested or dropped or yeah so for me it's 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 mendy if you want to look at a keeper but at the moment why would you when he doesn't play 29 and you know martinez is just fantastic um and then and then and as Pilaqueta, the rest are all in a void right now in my opinion give it a few more weeks who knows atletico madrid might have knocked us out of the champions league and it might all be a bit different but at the moment they're the only two names that are worth looking at um other than that, I think, you know, it's um, obviously we've, we've covered the Spurs boys. Yeah. There's not really, for me, there's not really anyone that's um, that's really holding their hand up no, at the moment. John, John makes a really good point, actually, about having a wild card. Because obviously I, I, you've both got your wild card still. I've already used mine. And there's some teams you mentioned, but they've just got like tricky fixtures. I mean, for example, Leeds, who you mentioned, they've got... Yeah like you said, the hardest fixture possible this week, then Fulham, Sheffield United. But then after that, they've got City and yeah. Liverpool. There doesn't seem to be many teams who have a good good like fixture this week, a good one in 29, like, like you already mentioned, but then don't have good fixtures afterwards. Yeah. So it, it is quite tricky. There's a swing, um, there's there's a swing coming up, isn't there? There's a big yeah. swing coming up after the blank, and that's why I'm holding my wild card. And I've, and I've always, and I'm presuming Jonathan's thinking the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm definitely considering. I think the first thing I will be looking at is which three Chelsea assets can I get into my team on that wild card? I tell you and what, I, I've got a list, to, list of five. Two at the moment, let alone three. <laughs> I've got a list of five possibilities, and James isn't even on that list. I, I don't know Jordan, if I can do that to myself again. Who's but, the five? Um, Mendy, Aspi, Rudiger, Mount, and Werner. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, the next few weeks with us is going to be interesting. I mean, we're obviously, I think we're, we two, I can't remember, we think we're 2-0 up against um, Atletico. Um, so, you know, we're in a really good position there. That was a lie. We're 1-0 one up. One nil we're 1-0 up against Atletico. Still, we're in a very good position to take a 1-0 a one nil lead to uh, to Stamford Bridge. Um, so that's that's good. But they're Atletico Madrid. They're incredible in Europe. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them to beat us. Um, but it'd be really interesting to see his lineups and see if there's a little bit more consistently consistency that comes through. Obviously, Havertz um, played last night, did really well. So nice to see, you know, him do something this season. Um, uh, but yeah, I think um, you know, uh, even someone like Pulisic, you know, Pulisic has done nothing under Tuchel. Same with Zayech, nothing under Tuchel. Both of them have got hardly minutes as well. This is the danger, though, isn't it? Because obviously we're in game week, what, 28 now. Um, you're going to give it like we could give it a few more weeks to see what happens. And then suddenly it's game week 38 and it doesn't even doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, so but I think I think, um, you know, you've got well, we've got we've got Leeds um, away in 28. I don't personally think that's, you know, a, a fixture to invest in the defence for. In my opinion, I think we'll concede. I know we've been keeping clean sheets week in, week out, but I think we'll concede. Leeds are a great attacking team. Um, then there's the blank. 
get that out of the way, then is when it gets really nice. West Brom, Crystal Palace, uh, Brighton, West Ham, Fulham, five game weeks in a row. I mean, that's fantastic before we go away to City. So, yeah, I think if you can give it a little bit of time to see what happens with the Champions League, get the blank out of the way, then it's really worth looking at us 30 onwards. But at the moment, I, I just feel so strongly that, you know, the the, the attackers... Um, I just it's just don't know who's going to turn up each week, and and even what formation like I mean we'll be playing the same formation but in terms of like are we playing Werner or are we playing like an Abraham Giroud you know um, Mount's probably the most nailed one but even even then he he got rested last night so yeah, I think it's been a pattern of your season where your defenders have been the best assets um, yeah. obviously the defenders the personnel has changed. Um, but I mean, even players like Zuma were absolutely incredible. At yeah. the start of the I guess a word of caution I'd have, for, and maybe I'm saying <laughs> this because I don't have a wild card, is I mean, do you remember wild card in game week two or three because there were some huge fixture swings? There, there's always that danger, isn't there, when wild carding that you could move to what you think yeah, or no, perceive exactly. as the new template and make your team weaker. Like because West Ham, I mean, the fixtures aren't horrific. You know, they've got United, then they've got Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, Newcastle. Um, I mean, they've been performing all season, you know, on both ends of the pitch. And I mean, yeah. they could outperform the Chelsea defenders, for example, and the attackers. I mean, prime example, Emmy Martinez. So if you're yeah. a wild card in game week 31, you're going to look at his next two fixtures and go Liverpool away, Man City at home. Well, he's got to go. But then he's Emmy uh, Martinez. Then you, then you sell apps. 20 points. Yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> amazing this season. And then after that, he's got West Brom and Everton and... It's not just that, is it? It's it's how good he's been. I'm I'm 50-50 as to whether he'll go on wild card now because of his fixtures, but it's it's those sorts of decisions where yeah, you're right. You can you can get almost you can you can almost overmanage it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think um, with uh, the, the, you know the other thing I'd say about Chelsea and I've, this season, obviously on the pod, I've been I've been quite negative about us. Um, and it's 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 never been about the potential that we have that, that each individual has as a player. It's been more about the uncertainty of our lineups. Um, and I think really at the moment, I think we're we're spoiled for choice in terms of um, in terms of picks. Yes, the premium picks aren't doing particularly well at the moment, but in terms of like the value that you've got in players like Gundogan, Rafinha, um, you know, there's some great budget strikers still, um, Antonio, Bamford, um, you know, are, are you really going to be sat there with, you know, in my opinion, with the likes of Pulisic, Zayec, Havertz, Werner? I can't see it at the moment. They I, I need they need I, a bit more consistency to to start moving to them. Mason Mount, yes, maybe, but even then, like... I still think he's a quite a dull pick for seven million. The the only reason why I'm sort of I have Werner on that list is I think Tuchel's going to realise that, like we all realise that Werner needs this sort of confidence boost, and it's one of those where it feels like once he starts scoring, that will be coming regularly. And that stint of fixtures that they have, I feel like that's perfect. That's like a perfect set of fixtures to get Werner 
into that sort of confidence and have him scoring in like some I, of these games. I'd want to see like if he can't stats steal as well. in those, then I'd, I'd want to see the stats increase as well. Um, you know, he, it's clear as day that but he we needs... don't have time for that now. It's just got to go with your gut. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm taking yeah. a gamble. That's all it is. But I think yeah. you know the thing with the thing with Werner. I mean, you look at him. He's on. He's, he's only he's only hauled really twice this season. And, and one of them was two assists. You know, the guy's got five goals. So, you know, it's it's one of those where I think I'd want to see a little bit of an upturn in stats before I was confident that okay, if he get if he gets a goal, he can he can keep this going because as an as an as a side at the moment, Chelsea, yes, we're keeping loads of clean sheets, but we're not scoring any more than two goals a game. You know, we're yeah, we're, but you're, very... you're playing Leeds next. I think I'm with I'm with John here. I mean, like. It's not a stats-based thing, I think. It, maybe it's because my rank's bad as well. Um, but but I, can, I can see the appeal of Werner, but maybe I can't back it up statistically. Um, and also, it would be so typical, wouldn't it, that, that Havertz and Werner hit form just ahead of the Euros um, and, and Germany win it all. Oh, they probably will. With yeah. the final at Wembley. Yeah, oh, and God. just with the midfielders, I mean, because... Again, it was something we were talking about before before the pod, but Lookman, Rafinha, Saka, we've got so many cheap midfielders at the moment. Um, we're, we're, we're kind of blessed there. I've just got one more question, and then we'll move on to the, to the next headline. Because um, I'm curious now, because obviously Manchester City, and we are recording this ahead of the game tomorrow. Um, but John, if we come to you first, what are you thinking about doing with, with Man City assets? Uh, well, I guess for the next few weeks or whatever, it's... It's simply a keep until I wild card and I reconsider. Mm. Um, I can't really see myself coming off triple Man City. Um, I mean, obviously Gundogan's form has dried up recently in regards to the points he's scoring, but you watch him, he's still making those same runs. He's, he's still breaking into the box. He is still an attacker, so to speak. He's not necessarily a CDM. And I mean, sort of when I first, sort of thought actually Gundogan is a pretty good asset that was before the KDB injury it wasn't yeah. when KDB was injured I don't think he's necessarily playing in a diff- in a deeper role I think it does limit him somewhat but I think he's a still a good buy I think I could well see myself go into Gundogan and KDB and Diaz because I, I think the beauty of Gundogan as well is like is he less explosive than a Foden, a Sterling, a Mahrez, sure. But I think he's probably more nailed on for the most part. Maybe not Sterling, but the rest. I think he's more nailed on and can make up the points in that way. So I think when I do finally have a restructure of my City players, which is obviously difficult to do if you're not wildcarding or whatever, because I think most people are probably on two City defenders, one mid- Man City midfielder, and it's very difficult to justify a minus four, maybe even a minus eight to change that. But um, after that, I'm thinking I could well see myself being on like Gundo, KDB, Diaz just for the nailedness. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, Josh, if you didn't have wildcard, because, for example, I mean, I don't have wildcard. So I'm almost considering removing some City players in the next couple of weeks. Um, how, how would you play it? How would you proceed? Um, difficult isn't it I mean it's all about how how soon they can essentially close the title off um I mean the, the title is still going to be their priority 
Um, I think it actually weirdly works in our favour that they just lost to United. It drags it out a little bit longer, especially as United are second. And they're still there 11 points behind. I can't see them catching them, but it does play a little bit more into our hands. Um, so, yeah, it's very difficult, really, with City because you've got, you've got obviously, the defenders who, you know, we've got the classic, you know, Diaz is the most nailed, but he's got a low ceiling Cancelo's not so nailed but he's got a higher ceiling so there's 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 that whole uh decision to make um and then really in the midfield it's it's very much about you know do you want to go with the cheaper assets like the phones the gundigans or do you want to actually you know splash the cash on sterling and, and kdb and right now I personally wouldn't bother with Sterling or KDB because I'd rather use the money elsewhere and um, and and stick with yeah Gundogan. I mean, obviously Foden's not been starting recently, but you know when he does at that price is still an incredible. He pick. he looked when he came off the bench against United. He looked so good, and the annoying thing was he was still taking some corners off KDB, which was quite unexpected actually. I actually think. Did you, did you have rose tinted glasses on, Rich? I mean, I've got KDB now, so I was annoyed. But I, I thought I thought Foden looked incredible. No, he always does. He always does. Isn't he? He's an amazing player. I mean, it's the same sort of thing as, as I'm talking about with Reese James. Like, when, when have you seen Foden have a bad game? You know, every time it's not his fault. It's just sometimes he, he doesn't get the minutes he deserves, you know. And and Mares, you know, I mean, Mares, every time Mares plays, he hauls pretty much or he, he does something. So there's so many options there. And, and I think the thing with City is I don't try not to spend too many transfers juggling them around. I think that, you know, the most I'd say the best bit of advice I'd give is that try and work out what essential formation you want your City players to be in. As in, do you want one defender, two attackers? Or, or two defenders, one attacker, and then they're at least there. And then, you know, if you, I think you've probably done the right thing, Rich, right now. Go for one defender, two attackers. And the good thing is you've got one premium, one budget and, and a defender. So therefore, you've got all the flexibility to go to wherever you want. Um, so... You know, you've... yeah. Plus, there's a lot of good defenders around at the moment. Non-Man City ones, yeah, exactly. Chelsea, Chelsea, I mean, Chelsea ones, yeah. You know, a double up on Chelsea would be like uh, like Jonathan said earlier with Aspilicueta and Rudiger. I mean, God, if we'd have been if we'd have been saying that a couple of months ago, that would that would have sounded horrendous because neither of them were seeing you know any game time, but now they are. So yeah, I mean, they're 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 a bit dull versus the likes of Cancelo, but. Yeah, they're, they're, they're putting in the clean sheets. And as we spoke about earlier, they've got great fixtures coming up. So uh, there is other options and other different ways of going through. I just think with, with City, it's great, to, it's great to have flexibility is what I'm saying. You know, what you don't want to be is, for me, if you're sat there with triple defence, you've got no flexibility. Triple attack, no, flexi- no flexibility. You know, and, and, and yeah. the, other, the other name that is going to crop up guaranteed before the end of the season 
is Sergio Aguero. There no, will be. No. <laughs> Did you not see it? He looked horrific. I, I think he he's did, done. Yeah, but I'm basing that on one game. I mean, I'll be I think it's KDB. <laughs> I think KDB's been awful since he's been back. Did you hear what I said? Uh, he had eight. He created eight chances. Doesn't mean they were good though, does it? I mean, look at that chance he created for Diaz when he scored against. He seems to be losing the ball all the time at the moment. When I've seen him play, it's like he just he just looks really off it. His touch. The thing with be... KDB, it's not like like we were talking about Ben Rama again before we started recording. You know, he's he's a selfish player and he could get dropped uh, for playing like that. I don't think Pep's gonna drop KDB because he loses the ball a bit. It's a bit like where Trent Trent loses the ball a lot, doesn't he? But. Of course, but KDB's yeah. 11.8 million. And I mean, all these creative players lose the ball a lot. Bruno loses the ball quite a bit. I I do think that if KDB is not necessarily like the one that you're looking at, I no. think there is an argument for Sterling being an option again. And the reason I say that is I feel like when KDB was out of the team, Sterling was very much sort of, hugging the touchline, staying out wide, didn't really seem to be making too many attacking runs into central positions. Mm. But it feels like now KD's B, KDB is back. It's almost as if, from like whether it's true or not, it feels like he suddenly feels like he can be picked out with these runs and these more central runs. He knows, he knows he's always got a chance of some sort of miracle pass being put onto his foot yeah. with more central runs. And I, I feel like from what I've seen, that KDB, that sorry, Sterling's starting to play more centrally and sort of making more attacking runs into the centre with KDB playing. So I think that could be a potential as well. He definitely is. I mean, obviously basing that mainly recently on the big chances that he's been missing. Oh, but the Megs, yeah. Yeah, but but you're right. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right though. I mean, he is getting those chances that are more central. And it, do you know what? So I was thinking about this the other day, where Sterling and Kane. Because they finished last season so strongly, they were quite highly priced. But I think we were very close to Sterling being, you know, maybe 10 million or less, um, apart from his, you know, his great finish to the last season. So, I mean, maybe maybe that will happen again. Just uh, one last thing on um, Aguero before we wrap this yep. up. Um, I think this season could, you know, is looking like it could be his last um, at City. And... Um, if they go as far as we expect them to go in the Champions League, um, I think that could play into our hands in the, in the league and that actually he gets to start quite a lot of games. You know, we know what he's... Yes, he's not looked great recently, but there's a lot of players that that happens with when they come back from a, a you know a lengthy injury. And I think if you get... I'm not saying, you know, God, by, by all means, you know, there's no, no point in moving for him now, but give it a few more game weeks... And I think that he could get a fair few starts before the end of the season. And then, obviously, if he's leaving the club at the end of the season, you know, even more um, and, and potentially even fans are back. They'll want to see Sergio Aguero for, for one yeah. last time. It's just you know? that he's not, played over, he's not played 90 minutes for over a year. I mean, the most minutes he's played this season is like 64 minutes in game, game week five. But yeah, I mean, every, everyone that loves, loves FPL loves Aguero. But a last hurrah would be beautiful. I, I could see that coming if, yeah, I mean, like the, the last few game weeks or so, if they yeah, haven't tied up. And yeah, if we, we, we were sat here a month ago going, oh, no, not a Bamiyang. Oh, God, Gareth Bale's been horrific for Spurs since he's since he, since he he signed. And look at that. We know now we're sat here and Bale's one of the, 
the 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 first players we want to speak about. Abamyang's looking back in form, and I don't see why it can't happen with Aguero as well. And it will take another three four weeks maybe until he's up to speed. But I don't think it will take much for him to um to you know to get his scoring boots back on yeah I just don't think it will happen by the time people wildcard and then you've got a tough decision I mean do you move Kane to to Aguero for example well, I mean, I... you're in you're in quite a good position with Vardy because yeah, you know well, allegedly <laughs> yeah. the, the thing is with Vardy is that um you know there are like there's really been one one premium striker really who's who's performed this season Kane Vardy's not done badly obviously but he's not been as good as he has in the previous couple of seasons so you know you have got the great thing with Vardy is you have got players like Werner or Aguero who who are potential huge differentials with massive ceilings you know that could be good good players to move for yeah, and I mean, it, it was in my thinking when I went for Vardy over Richarlison on, on wildcard, it was in my thinking that he could be a move, you know, to other premium strikers like like Werner. I mean, Aguero was quite low down the list, but I mean, if he scored a couple, I'd, I'd, I've got to be honest, I'd be tempted. I mean, I'd, I'm almost certain he'd be on penalties. Uh, I reckon he'll start against pitch. Southampton tomorrow night. Yeah, he may well do. Um, and he'll score. And then this conversation was pointless. I'll, I'll have him straight in. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we move on to our, to our next headline? Um, so game week 28 captaincy. We've got another question on our Slack channel from Alan. So th- thanks, Alan. And he said an expanded captaincy discussion would be great. Game week 28 looks tricky. So, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I thought this game week looks incredible for differential captains. And so it's quite well timed that we've got John on the pod. Um so, John, what are your thoughts on, on Game Week 28? Also, actually, before you answer, I did mention on the pod, was it last week, I was going to captain Ricardo Pereira, and I, I didn't. And John was a big didn't. reason. Yeah. You were a big reason I was considering that. So, yeah. <laughs> over to you, <laughs> mate. Over that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, the, the captaincy this Game Week is very tricky. Um, I do think, obviously, I mentioned how in the past I did very well with my differential team, and with the captain picks there and so the strategy I've employed this season is if there's like a very obvious captaincy pick I'm not going to ignore them but in the weeks like this one where I think captaincy will be spread and there's not going to be I mean to be fair there's probably a good chance Bruno ends up with like 150% plus ownership but if like ownership doesn't look like it's going to be through the roof on many players then it's a very good week to go with someone who you sort of see someone and you're usually like oh I'd like to captain them but I don't have the balls um to sort of like back yourself on this week I think um because realistically for you to sort of lose ground on that captaincy pick is if your captaincy pick goes badly and all the other captaincy picks do really well and realistically, that's very unlikely to happen. So, like, the downside of these weeks of picking a differential isn't quite as severe as the weeks as you're like, oh, Bruno's ownership's going to be 160%. I'm going to go someone else. If Bruno bangs and your player doesn't bang, suddenly you're looking at a big red arrow. Um, I think Bruno is the safe pick. And I guess a lot of it comes down to whether you want to play it safe and stick sort of template or if you're looking to try and make up ground. But I do think it's a good week to make up ground. I think the obvious ones are Bruno, who 
I now don't have in my team, so he won't be there for me. Um, and obviously Kane. Um, I think the North London Derby's a tricky one to call this season. I think like historically re- results are very mixed from like nil nils to three twos and whatever you may have. And Arsenal look pretty decent defensively. Um, obviously Spurs have come into um, come into form. It appears with this new sort of front line, but they have been pretty reasonable fixtures that they've had. So it could just be a fixture thing. And then outside of, I guess, the two safe options, if you want to go a bit more rogue, I've seen a lot of discussion about a potential Martinez captaincy. I don't think Newcastle XG, at first I thought it was um, pretty low. So I thought, obviously, you don't want to captain Martinez because you want the save points. But then I've been looking at the shots that Newcastle have been having, and they've actually had quite a lot of shots, despite low XG, which is, I mean, a goalkeeper's dream, really. You just have Shelby, who absolutely can't help himself anytime he has the ball <laughs> 30 yards out. He just pings one like straight down the throat of the keeper. It's like save point after save point there. So maybe Martinez is an option. However, I actually prefer concert if I'm looking at the Villa back line, given that he does look pretty decent in the air. He was very unlucky not to haul against Wolves, I think. There were yeah. two chances in there that could well have gone in. Um so I think if you're looking at Martinez, if you do have Concer or you're thinking about moving to more Villa players ahead of the uh, blank game week, Concer could well be your man for a captaincy. Um, there is the option of potentially even Watkins against Newcastle as well. Um, obviously, um, his form hasn't been great. He loves hitting the post. But if Grealish is potentially back, uh, we could see an upturn in their chances. I would say if you own any Chelsea attacker and you think they're likely to start against Leeds, that would probably be my pick. Leeds are always going to leave themselves open. And yeah, it all comes down to whether you think they start or not. Obviously, you can be you can be hurt by the potential rotation there. But I think that could be a good shout if you do have that kind of player in. Yeah, I think like you mentioned, it's a it's a great week for those differential captains. And I mean, just looking at my team, I th- I was looking at defenders as well because we've got like Luca Dean obviously against Burnley, like again we <laughs> Ricardo Pereira against against Sheffield United. It does feel like a and also obviously we don't know what's happened in the City game. So the City get City players, despite Fulham being a bit better or quite a lot better defensively recently, they they could be tempting. Um, what do you think about Jamie Vardy? <laughs> Yeah, he. I mean, yeah, there's there's a fair few great options. I think Vardy is a good option as well. Um, all depends on your team. If you if you feel like you have a player, it's like okay, this is their week. I think it's worth like taking the punt unless you're very adamant about really trying to maintain rank and you want to go down the sort of steady route of captaining Bruno. Um, I'm not even sure Kane's ownership is going to be that high, although I imagine a fair few will captain him. But I think if people have got Bruno, they'll probably captain Bruno. So, I, yeah, I think Vardy's great shout as well. And um, Richarlison, with how attacking he's been as well, looks a pretty good option. Looking at Bruno's stats, and I know it was against Man City. Um, I mean, he had one 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 touch in the box, and obviously that was, that was the penalty. I mean, it, he doesn't even compare to De Bruyne in that game, but... I suppose that could be game flow, you know, United playing on the counter. Um, but what, what do you reckon, Josh? I actually feel the opposite. Um, I actually feel that there's not many options here. Um, and it's a really tough one for that reason. Um, Are you captain in Bruno? 
I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want like to, <laughs> but I can't really see many other options at the moment. It's him or Kane, really. Um, I mean, personally, would never captain um, a goalkeeper or a defender um, unless they had a double game week. So uh, that rules me out of sort of Martinez or any or any defender. I think. I guess the only the only thing I would potentially look at is like Cancelo if he got rested um, against Southampton tomorrow night. But yeah, I can't. I mean, normally, you know, when you look at captaincy, you go right where you know what what are the sort of weaker teams or what are the teams that open up a bit. Who, who are they playing? And I don't really like the teams that they're playing in terms of picks. Um, and and then you look at the the bigger teams really. And even and even their fixtures really. I mean, City away to Fulham's not not easy. We don't know what lineup they're going to put out. United's fixtures against West Ham. Liverpool's a tough fixture against Wolves, and you've got the other yeah, North the North London derby. So look, you look at Chelsea, and then you go, okay, they're away to Leeds. That's a bit of a better fixture. But then all of a sudden, you think back to what I was saying earlier about so what what attackers nailed. Okay, Mason Mount. He's just been rested. Are you really going to captain Mount? So, for me, it's more of a, I actually see it more as a problem than an opportunity, whereas normally with game weeks like this, there's an opportunity, as in there's a, there's a oh, you know, that they, you know, you can see a hall potentially, whereas I personally, I can't see one, like, you, you know, you spoke about Vardy. Leicester look awful at the moment, and Sheffield United have been a lot better defensively in recent weeks. Um, so where's your, where's your Jamie? I was convinced uh, you were going to use a, a thing about Vardy, um, who he supports. Oh, that he supports that you support Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, he might support Sheffield Wednesday, but when Madison <laughs> and Harvey Barnes aren't playing, it doesn't matter who he supports. Because really. I'm they, listening to you on the shoutcast, been... and you were going on about oh, he supports Sheffield Wednesday. He's going to score against Sheffield United. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing is. is the thing is, is, is that um, it's two things, isn't it? They're not, they've not got Madison or Barnes, but also he's been playing up front with Ian Acho, and we know that Vardy needs to be up front on his own, the main man, all the balls feeding into him, and then yeah, you know, it's looking like a great captaincy. But for me, yeah, Leicester just haven't been at the races recently. So I personally look at it, and even if you said to me, right, like okay. So, so, so what do you two think? If you said, irrelevant of who you own in your team, if you could have one player for this week that you'd hang your hat on and say, I think they're the best differential pick for a captaincy this week, who would you go for? I think I'd go for... I think I'm, we're going to have the same one here, John. I think I'd go for Werner. Yeah, Werner's shouting out to me. And I, I think Richarlison's pretty close, to be honest. Burnley have been pretty poor mm. defensively. And he seems like he's thriving in his new role. I think the big question for me is 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 Bruno. Um, I mean, I know he scored a penalty. I'm going to sound very anti-Bruno here, but I mean, they played Palace and drew nil-nil, whereas Spurs tore Palace apart. I I don't I don't see Bruno as an obvious captain this week, and I think that's why it, why it blows it open. And I don't know. I mean, it feels like a lot of potluck this week uh, with who you go with. I think West Ham might be a slightly better fixture than the Palace game, to be honest, even though they're clearly better because 
I think West Ham will fancy that game and will ultimately leave themselves a bit more open than Palace did against them. What's interesting about that is, do you remember, um, I think it was this game anyway, Bruno was benched against West Ham in the return fixture, came on at half time, and I think he created like six or seven chances and got um, got bonus points off off, off the bench. Um, so I guess we don't have that fixture to look back on, but he did do very well in the second half. But maybe part of what's putting me off is that West Ham looked pretty solid defensively. The only issue with um, United now is that obviously Rashford's injured. I do think that'll impact them quite a bit because he's you know, he's not quite part of the FPL points we expected this season, but he's a very important player to them. So um Basically there's no clear answer to this question. There so, isn't and, and, and I don't want to that's, catch that's him, fun. Bruno, that's but fun. right now I think it's him or Kane and, and, and I and I put out the poll earlier and it was him and Kane who were the runaway I you just know, think that North London derby is going to be low scoring. Mourinho is going to set up <laughs> very, I think he'll set very up differently to how he how he played against Palace and Burnley. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I'd imagine so. Yeah. You know, yeah. Imagine there'd be three sat in the middle, not two, and yeah. then probably just Bale, Son, and Kane, not and I think, four yeah. as well. And I think Arsenal was set up differently as well. Although the best game I saw this weekend was Arsenal Burnley. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, unless you own Pepe um, or Saka, like me. But sh- should we go for the Iceman's piss? Um, and then we'll come back and we'll go through a few questions. Um, so, of course, the Iceman's piss break is sponsored by FPL Merch. All right, mate. Oh, hey. Having a good night? Uh, yeah, fine, thank you. I'm just watching the game. Oh yeah, me too, me too. Do you like mugs? Um, what like receptacles? Ah yeah, like coffee mugs. Yeah, mugs. Do you like them? Uh, I suppose. Well, mate, if you play FPL, there's this guy right on Twitter called FPL Merch who makes mugs exclusively for those belter managers who finish in the top hundred thousand. Right? I'm talking ten k. 50k 100k and i'm drinking out of one right now that i've got from last season because i did so well and i don't drink out of anything else are you interested my friend um no i'm all right thanks mate but if you get a top 100k finish then why not celebrate with an fpl merch top 100k mug mate no offense but you've been the weird guy in the pub toilet only 10 pounds our brilliant mug to mark your brilliant season seriously don't worry about it. Thank you, but I've got to get back to the second half. Ah, he'll be back. He'll be back. Welcome back, listeners. Um, so we'll go swiftly on to our community questions. So we've got a question on Twitter from Michael Lund. Um, so thanks for your question, Michael. Michael's asking who could be a huge triple captain differential and when. So if we go to you first, Jonathan... You've used your triple captain already, haven't you? But who would you triple captain if you still had the chip? Um, I think I would. I mean, I think there's sort of later on in the season, upcoming doubles likely to happen. So I would be saving it for that. I do think still having a triple captain chip is probably a pretty big differential in itself. I think the vast majority of active FEL managers have probably used theirs, to be honest, whether it's the most recent double or... Um, the double earlier on in the season um, but the sort of games I would be targeting um, I mean typically 
I'm always of the opinion each season that if I'm using a triple captain, I want it to be a penalty taker. So that even if they play poorly or whatever, there's always a chance across a period of two games, if the fixtures are pretty reasonable, that they find themselves with a penalty. Um, So I tend to look down that route. And I I would just be looking out for the teams that are leaving themselves pretty open. Um, At first, I, I thought, well, Leeds seem like the obvious candidate with how open they've been. They've actually been defensively not too bad recently, looking at sort of xg conceded um although the match against west ham it ended up being 2.4 so i guess that (laughs) deleted that so i think (laughs) leeds are still an option to uh target and then burnley they're not their typical robust selves at the back um west brom is starting to come into some defensive form it seems like um again with the xg conceded that seems to have steadily improved under the um under the management of allardyce obviously and then, I mean, Villa have been kind of poor defensively. That could be one that you target. I, obviously, they're doing very well in the league, but they're still conceding a lot of chances. And Southampton have obviously been the main team and obviously Sheffield United as well. And I would suggest Newcastle. So, yeah, I'd, I'd just be thinking about teams to target rather than the players themselves. And then I'd be targeting if the if the penalty taker has good fixtures. I'd be pretty happy going with them. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be like... Kane in a Tottenham team if they double or whatever it could potentially be Vardy if Leicester do end up picking up some form um, or sort of elsewhere decent attacking option could be a good show so yeah I'd go with a penalty taker as well and but we know that Kane has got this Southampton fixture to be rearranged so I just think whatever double if I had the triple captain whatever double Kane gets I'd, I'd plop it on him uh, what, what do you reckon Josh I agree with you, Rich. Yeah, Kane, Kane in uh, what looks like 32, I think it's supposed to be. That'd be Everton um, and Saints then. Yeah, Everton and Southampton. I think that's a great double for him. Yeah. Really good, and um, probably even better than the one they've just had, really, because yeah. I think Southampton are quite open, and he's got a good record against both teams as well. So I'd 100% go Kane 32. If you want a differential, I mean, you know, there's going to be some other little double game weeks coming up. I think the um, the one for uh, for Everton and Villa um, will come up soon. So maybe like a Richarlison, something like that is pretty lowly owned as it is at the moment. But yeah, I think Kane's a sensible a sensible move. I always think. I mean, this was. I think we recorded that podcast, didn't we? That we never released, but. I th- where we discussed the triple captain being quite overrated. And obviously we get 38 captains in a season and the triple captains basically our 39th captain. So we get 39 captains in a season. We're just trying to pick that best of the 38. And I don't even think the ownership matters. Um, just, just play it. No, I don't. It's, I mean, um, yeah, Mark, um, Mark Southerns and Az had a, uh, have got interesting, uh, conflicting views on it on, um, on black box. And, and um, as is very much of, of the, uh, you know, it's all about the points. It doesn't matter about, you know, yeah. the ship. Um, As is right. A player anyway. <laughs> Whereas Mark's about the effective ownership and how much rank gain you can get. And, I, you know, not to sit on the fence, but I actually think they're both right in a way in that, yes, I can see Az's argument, but equally, if you are, you know, um, not where you want to be rank-wise and you're looking for a huge 
you know, rise. Um, you know, say for example, this week, you know, everyone's gone for Gundogan, um, and you know, well, not everyone, but he's the most popular captain. Whereas if this week you'd have gone on Sterling, or or even KDB, you know, you've got a a, a lot, you know, there's a lot bigger to gain in terms of a rank jump. Yeah. Yes, the points are the same, but you know, in terms of taking sort of risk for reward. It's going to be if you get it right and you hit it. Um, I think that's where Mark's coming from in that he's, he, you know, it's it, it's going to have a, a larger effect on your season. Yeah, so, but it's 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 just an add-on to to your final points yeah, tally. It, all all the chips. It is, it is. <laughs> but at the same time, I think a lot of the a lot of the time, you know, you, you, you say you've got your triple captain chip, you might decide to play it on a player that you weren't planning to captain, but you were like, do you know what? I wasn't going to captain them. I was going to go with the majority and go with Gundogan. But actually, because I've got my triple captain, I'm going to take a bit of a risk and I'm going to go on Sterling because if it comes off, it could be huge. And that, for me, is where the argument on the effective ownership is is more valid. This might be where John specialises, because obviously you play poker for a living. Um, So, I mean, what do you think about both sides of that argument yeah I sort of think I, I guess it's sort of a different sort of um topic so to speak but I'm not a fan of ripping my team up to get say the perfect triple captain in a game week if it means I'm going to have to compromise in other areas of my team I think something like I, I think it sort of applies to poker in that I think there's there will be managers who are like I I don't want my triple captain to fail. I've had triple captaincy fails in the past. I really don't want this to fail. So if it means I have to take a minus four, a minus eight, maybe make um, transfers that will jeopardize my team in the future or for this game week in that it means I'm getting rid of a player who I think has got a really good fixture, but I'm trying to make up some value to bring in, I don't know, a Kane or a Werner or whoever may be expensive um then i wouldn't really recommend like ripping up the team just to try and have a good triple captaincy it's the same like you you see so much stress around like for instance the bench boost and people being like oh like so many people like they stress so much about making sure that they get the most bench boosts points they can and end up taking like minus 12s or whatever just to make sure that it's not like a failed chip when in reality, like, you have to think of the bigger picture with this, I think. And you have to think of, like, oh, well, maybe it's not the absolute best case scenario for my triple captaincy chip. But it does keep my team in the exact place where I want it. And you have to remember, there's so much variance in the triple captaincy chip as well. Like, we remember back to that Salah versus Mane triple captaincy the other season, like, where it was feast or famine. And... Like I, I was on Salah and I did think I'm going with Salah because he's got the pens. But realistically, yeah, should Salah ever have outscored him by that much? No. Could the complete opposite have happened and Salah pick up an injury? Mane go on to absolutely haul? Yes. So like there's just so much variance with these things that you have to accept. You, you just can't get it right every time and try and make sure it doesn't damage the team as a whole. I think the other thing about chips is this season has probably been the most um, sort of the worst one, really, when it comes when it's come to chips. I can't the, the only triple captain like 
commonly played triple captain that I think that's come off, and this wasn't even a very commonly one anyway, was Gundogan in game week 24 when he got, um, he got injured <laughs> yeah and he got the he paid 68 minutes across two games and he got the 19 yeah. points against Spurs but apart from that you know you look at the game week 19 ones I was on Salah somewhere on KDB all you know I class them all as fails Kane last week that was a fail um so you know n- n- no one's hauled um, and then the bench boost has been a nightmare because no one's been able to really get a bench boost of four doublers on their bench. Um, the free hit so far, um, a lot of us played in game week 18. That wasn't great. So I, I genuinely think, um, you know, the chips are overrated anyway. But I think this season has definitely been worse than normal. So um, just one last thing on the on the um, on the triple captain thing I was going to say is another way of thinking about it as well is is, you know, when you when you own a player from an effective ownership perspective, you have 100 percent of that player. So, you you know, for points, points wise, so obviously captain, you have 200 and a triple captain, you have 300. So, you know, if you are going to captain a Gundogan this week, which, you know, that we're in now, you're going to you, you've got a gain of 150 percent. Right, because he's roughly EO of about 150, I think, roughly 140, 150. So you've got 150% gain on him. If you did go for someone like Sterling, who's probably at about 25%, sorry, um, yeah, 25% effective ownership, you've got 275, and that's that's massive. So it's just it's just you know if if you fancy, like I said earlier, risk for reward then I think the triple captaincy chip can be huge, but it is just, I guess, luck um, of timing it right on the right player. You're just gambling two of your 39 captains in in one week with that. And I triple captain Foden, but I didn't triple captain him because he was a differential. I purely did it because Champions League was about to start again. And I thought I want to captain a man, triple captain a Man City player without doing massive surgery. So a bit like what John was saying, I didn't want to do loads of hits to get the Man City player in I wanted. I just thought Foden's going to play twice. Man City are not going to rotate in this one, but they might in future doubles which obviously we don't know if they have yet or not. Um, so I just wanted to play it on a Man City but that player. Was, with, that was a would... prime example for me. Prime example of, you know, if he had, I mean, you did all right if you really get like 11 or something, wasn't it? 11, so yeah. yeah triple better today, than most. Those. Better yeah. than most triple captains this season, right? But if he had have gone off, right, and he'd have got like 25 points and, you know, times three, 75, you, you'd have rocketed. Whereas if you'd have just gone, do you know what? I'm going to triple captain, you know, Kane when everyone else is already captaining him in game week 32, you know, and he gets 15, you're going to get 15 more points on the crowd. Whereas in, in, in Foden's case, you get 75 where a load of us, including me and most of, um, you know, the game, the 8 million players, they don't even own him. So it can points, be 15 huge. points isn't isn't many points in the grand scheme of things that can that can literally be choosing the wrong defender one week. That yeah, could, that could be going for Reese James instead of Zuma. I don't know. Yeah, whereas like, 75, <laughs> whereas 75 points when, you know, not to mention what it can do in your mini leagues, you know, with all, all the people in your mini leagues, hardly any of them own Foden and you're like, right, you've got 75 points on all of them. It's you know it it can be massive. So I think yeah if you if you if you want to take the risk and then um, then go for it. 
So we'll move on to our to our feedback. So we got some feedback this week from Alastair Tweets. Always extremely interesting to have someone who really knows the stats on because even better, they are not a serious FPL player because it gives you a fresh but rigorous perspective. Lots of good stuff about interpreting stats, which is still where the community is weakest, in my opinion. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that episode last week. I'm sure you did as well, Josh. Yeah, it was good to have James York on and um, nice to, yeah, like like uh, Anastasia says, get a different perspective and um, a, a non-biased one too. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought I thought it was really refreshing. Definitely um, helped convince me on the Trossard move as well. And the <laughs> whole uh, Brighton discussion. I was going to say, John. I mean, I know I know you love XG, so I, I did think of <laughs> you when he was talking about Brighton. And, <laughs> so it's almost not that different this week to last week in in a way. Um, but we move on to our partner chat. So obviously, Mikel Tokvam's algorithm. You can sign up for that at patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. And of course, he does the Iceman's team. Um, so I'll read out the Iceman's team first. It's He's got Martinez and Pope in goal. Um, so an expensive goalkeeping combination. Then he's got Diaz, Trent, Stones, Stroik, who I told him he'd be dropped, Lauten, Salah, Son, Rafinha, Gundogan and Basuma. And up top, he's got Kane, Antonio and Watkins. And he's got 3.8 million in the bank as well. So Mikel's feedback is, so time for some good advice again. I must say, it's not like you you are a careful listener. The chance of you listening seems about as great as Liverpool keeping a clean sheet. Anyway, this is what you should have considered by the Game Week 28 deadline. You are currently on seven and a half players in Game Week 29, including one Basuma and half a strike. All transfers obviously go down that route now of hopefully getting you to 9.5. After game week 29, it's time to look forward to some potential rescheduling as well as the game week 33 blank for teams including Spurs and Man City. That's why a game week 31 wildcard now is taken into account when toggling the algorithm. Your obvious weakness is therefore Salah and Gundogan going forward. Unfortunately, Salah is your strongest captain option this week. So it is a bit silly to go for a sale before next week. That leaves Gundogan for one of the top options in midfield that you can afford. Greedish if fit will be the main candidate with Bale a good second. Then again, for next week, Gundogan is just as good. So it doesn't make sense timing wise. That leaves it perfectly reasonable to do nothing, setting up some great flexibility going into the blank. So the Iceman ignored Mikhail's advice and he's being advised to roll, roll the transfer this week. So I'm sure James will probably do like a minus 12 or something. And we're also partnered with Fantasy Football Hub and have been given the exclusive sign-up code of Surgery15. So go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk and you can sign up there for 15% off using that code. That's capital letters Surgery15. And of course, we're partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles one on Twitter. He does the artwork for the pod release tweet every week. And John, I think he's just done some artwork for you as well. Yeah, I figured I finally need a uh, an avatar and over the moon with what he's done for me. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, no, it's honestly, I'm so jealous that that guy. He he, he does it so fast as well. So yeah, crazy turnaround on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah incredible. Um, so we move on now to our transfers. So that's our transfers and our captains. And if we go to you first, John. Yes, um, my transfers are going to be very much coming up to the deadline I'm unsure at the moment but a lot rests on the um, Tottenham game in Europe that we touched on earlier um, and whether I do think Bale will 
be likely to both play against Arsenal and in the um, blank if I think there's a good chance they get a rest if they look in in a good position in the Europa League game. Um, outside of that, not too sure. Probably roll to be honest if um, if that doesn't look like it's sort of going my way, and then I'll have a better idea for the blank game week of who's likely to start in that Spurs blank game week. And my captain, it's currently on concert. It could well change to Watkins. It could well change to Kane. Um, yeah, I think I quite like the look of concert, but I probably wouldn't be too shocked if I end up on Kane before the fixture. But again, that's going to be dependent on the Europa League game as well, along with how Arsenal look in their Europa League, who gets rested, who doesn't get rested, whether it looked like they could end up with a weakened team against Tottenham. And if that is the case... Um, I think it will likely be Kane, but if not, there's there's some potential for Conser there or even Watkins. Does it worry you? I mean, it's 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 an odd one because I don't tend to look at points scored. I try and look at other things. But obviously, Conser has only got double digits once this season. Back in game week two, does, does that worry you at all, or do you think it could be the the lucky one out of the last twenty odd game weeks? I just think the Newcastle fixture is pretty favourable for him, to be honest. Um, Newcastle, I think they've been reasonably okay at set pieces, but certainly not the best. Plus, I mean, Conte, he he seems to get a couple of shots off every single game. I think he's been pretty unfortunate on the whole not to have scored more points. And the fact that he does have a little bit of attacking the threat, along with the fact that I would honestly be surprised if Newcastle managed to find a goal without the likes of Wilson... Um, ASM and especially Almiron I think his influence in that Newcastle team is understated the amount of work he puts in Um, I just don't really expect to see them scoring against Villa so I feel like the clean sheet could well be there and there's a chance of a potential goal and if that happens obviously there's the three bonus very likely so yeah Nice. No, I I love this I love this all these differentials I really do Um, Josh um, what are you thinking for your transfers and your captain mate? I'm going to sell Harvey Barnes. So I, I did want to do it last week, but um, couldn't really see a replacement. So this week, um, tempted to move him to Grealish. If Grealish is back, or I may even consider a minus four and do um, Salah and Barnes to Sun and Bale, which could be uh, quite interesting ahead of the blank. Um, so those are, that's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Wait, so, so, you'd, so you've got... One Spurs attacker at the moment, and you'd look at getting all three in. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's Barnes to Grealish is a simple move. Keep yeah. Salah, and then move Salah to one of Son or, or Bale for twenty nine, or I do Barnes and Salah to Son and Bale, take the hit, and then go into twenty nine with a with a transfer which I could use, or I could even just roll it into thirty. Probably would use it though. On some would you, would you have to do both of those moves to afford to afford it? Yeah, I can't just do Barnes to yeah. Sun. No, of course, of course. I've only got. It's just weird doing it ahead of the North London derby, but it makes it is, sense but, because you have to do both at once. It is, but I actually think there's a really good chance Salah gets uh, rested. The only thing that counters that is I saw that Firmino didn't train today. So if if Firmino didn't train, then there's a chance that he you know, better chance that he, he plays um, probably with, with Mane and, and Yotta against Wolves because that's not an easy game for them and they, they need points in the league. Of course. And did you um, say who your captain was, sorry? Captain, as I said earlier, I mean, it's 
for me at the moment it's it's pretty much Bruno or Kane, which sounds and feels so dull. Um, unless unless someone gets rested uh, for City on Wednesday, that's not Diaz. As in, if Cancelo or Gundogan get rested, I could be tempted by them. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't captain Diaz. So it'd either be yeah, Cancelo or Gundogan if they get rested, or 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 uh, or, or Fernandez or Kane. I think. Pretty um, like I said, I, I feel <laughs> so, it's a tough so, week. So anyone, <laughs> yeah, any, just none of the other, uh, none of the other cheap boys, yeah, really. You just, you just won't captain Harvey Barnes, basically. No, and if I do, <laughs> my vice captain will be either Fernandez or Kane, Cancelo or Gundogan if they get rested. So uh, nice, simple. Yeah, see, mine's not simple. Like, um, so obviously I wildcarded a couple of weeks ago and I was kind of, I was preparing for these game weeks and obviously Everton Villa is looking increasingly unlikely um, not not to happen. So I've got two free transfers. I've already got Saka on the bench and I need to move someone out. And I look at all my players, like I know I've got Vardy and Ricardo Pereira, who I don't want long term, but they've got Sheffield United this week. I've got Luca Dean and Calvert Lewin. They've got Burnley. I've got my two City midfielders. I've got Concert. He's got Newcastle. Basically, I'm playing a 4-3-3, and I really like the team. I've got seven players for the blank. I need to do a transfer. I can't just burn it. And I kind of wish I'd done my backup keeper to McCarthy last week. I'm uh, not McCarthy to Fraser Forster last week, just to make use of a transfer. Um, so I, I really don't know what transfer I'm going to do. I'm, I'm maybe even considering Calvert-Lewin to Watkins, although Calvert-Lewin himself has got a great fixture, but I'd be buying myself with that transfer an extra fixture in, in the blank game week. Captain-wise, at the moment, I'm on Vardy. I might be tempted by Ricardo Pereira. Um, I just really like that Sheffield United game. Or if I want to play it safe, it would be Kane, but I just don't see the North London derby having many goals in it so at the moment I'm, I'm on Vardy um, but I can't make his stats look good when unless I include that Liverpool game um, they never are though are they no they're not but I mean it, they're, they're really bad they're really bad Josh but so, I mean but, captaining but him Wednesday fan so captaining him sometimes you've just got to sit there for 80 minutes and just yeah. wait and wait and wait. And then one ball through and he's in. And oh, there you go. All the penalties, mate, because they, they've had all more penalties. penalties than Man United. I mean, I remember I had him game week one against West Brom. He had a non-penalty XG of 0.00, but he scored two penalties. So, yeah, I'm I'm on Vardy, but it's, it's tough. It is really tough when, you know, we've not even seen the Man City game tomorrow. And maybe I'll end up on De Bruyne. But we move on to our differential picks before wrapping up. So if we go to you first, John. Um, Mine is Adam Lallana this week. Um, He's looking more influential in this Brighton team the more I see of him as he gets sort of fed into the team a little bit more with more minutes. Um, And he did actually come on a couple of games ago um, when his minutes were still being managed up top as a sort of out of position striker I think or sort of like um, a false nine position alongside um, alongside Mope so there's potential for that although I wouldn't necessarily expect it but he's looking sort of on it very low ownership and obviously a move to Lalana. I think if you're considering Brighton this week's a pretty good idea to go for it I went for Trossard I'm already regretting the fact that I didn't go for Lalana over Trossard maybe although I think 
they're very sort of similar kind of players, kind of options. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Lalana looks pretty good with the um, Southampton game and Newcastle game coming up. Nice. And it segues very nicely into Josh's pick. It does. <laughs> this was before I even knew that John owned him, but um, mine's Trossard um, because I, I felt like I've got to pick someone who's got a game in 29, um, obviously got really good fixtures now with obviously Southampton away and and then Newcastle at home in, in 29. So, I mean, I just think he's a a fun pick really so if you've got a spot free in your midfield and you fancy a bit of a punt I think he's a he's a, a great option and he's uh he's 0.7% owned so yeah we're, we're turning into a Brighton podcast um my, my, my <laughs> they've different... got to explode eventually haven't they <laughs> yeah, and Southampton so. you know they've lost 9-0 twice in the last two seasons uh, have they I've never heard that before no <laughs> get, get the hat trick <laughs> um, my one is in a nacho, so 0.7% owed. He's obviously been playing up top with Vardy. He occasionally gets subbed off a little early, but I mean he scored a couple of games in a row. So and these under five percent picks are getting harder and harder because mainly because of the dead teams. So in a nacho is my one. The Would I get him? In- thing is as well is like. There's some really good picks that are still under five percent, but you just feel criminal saying them. Do you know what I mean? Because they're actually, you know, players like I don't I haven't looked at it, but like Lingard, Bale, people like that. You know that um, that are, are really, you know, Sterling's still there. He probably yeah, is. but they <laughs> are. There. They, yeah, you know, they might be differentials, but they're still quite, you know, owned amongst serious players. You know. Yeah, and then you get players like Vardy who are over five percent owned, but it doesn't doesn't really feel like it. It's probably a lot of zombie teams and me. Um, <laughs> but please help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Please join the FPL Surgery Podcast League. The code is four three nine HW nine. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, and Twitter. Twitter handles at FPL Surgery. Subscribe on iTunes and remember to rate the podcast five stars. Or you can email the Iceman FPL Surgery Podcast at gmail.com. So, John, thank you so much for coming on um, and talking about Brighton. You didn't get to talk about Wolves that much. <laughs> for the best, mate, for the best. Uh, yeah. Did you want to shout any Wolves players out before before we finish? Uh, I, I guess there's going to be a slight fixture swing. So Neto, world-class yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. Neto will be on my he's radar. Great, like, he? my team. Yeah, look, he's so good. I think he saved Nuno's job single-handedly, to be honest. And surely Connor Cody with his new uh, goal threat that he's found. <laughs> Never, Neves has been getting into the box recently as well on the end of um, on the end of crosses and whatnot. He's uh, he's trying to take up the Gundogan role in the Wolves team by the looks of it. So yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe that that chance though that Connor Cody had against Villa. I mean, he scored against City, which was like, oh my god, he's just wiped out that clean sheet. And then he had like such an amazing chance against Villa. I, I, I mean, I think at 4.8 million, Cody's. Is this thanks to Southgate? Was it Southgate that found found that yeah. Connor Cody I mean, can cross the halfway line? He let he, he let him go up for corners, didn't he? Whereas obviously <laughs> Nuno didn't in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I feel like he's he may have potentially been going up as well because Bolly's been out the team. Whereas I would say Bolly's a better aerial threat than Cody, so there will be more crosses aimed at Bolly's head rather than Cody's head moving forward potentially uh, but, but maybe yeah maybe he's the new John Terry <laughs> <laughs> and where can people find you on, on social media John 
Uh, my Twitter handle is at lowfplTSB. Um, and yeah, if you just search the FPL Very Differential, um, and you'll see my beautiful new profile picture as designed by Doodles. Yep. Perfect, perfect. And Josh has just got one more thing to say. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod.